Hey, this is David Stearman, and you're listening to my UP podcast. There's an interesting story in Luke 19, 30-34. It goes like this. And it came to pass that when Jesus drew near to Bethage and Bethany, at the mountain called Olivet, that he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village opposite you, where as you enter you will find a colt tied, on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, Why are you loosing it? Thus you shall say to him, because the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went their way and found it just as he'd said to them. But as they were loosing the colt, the owners of it said to them, Why are you loosing our colt? And they said, The Lord has need of him. And they let them go. I think it's interesting that Jesus needed a little colt. This was actually the foal of a donkey. And Jesus needed it, no matter how insignificant, how unimportant, how mundane or ordinary. The reason was that actually Jesus needed him to ride into Jerusalem where he would fulfill his final acts of being crucified and raised from the dead. It would fulfill a prophecy, an Old Testament prophecy that said the Son of God, the King, would come to Jerusalem riding on the colt, a foal of a donkey. God needed this little donkey. No matter how humble and ordinary this little creature might have been, Jesus needed him. Humble, insignificant. Do you ever feel humble and insignificant? I've felt that way quite often. But I want to tell you that no matter how you feel about it or what even your friends may think of you, the Lord needs you. Years ago, I was uh, ministering in Dallas, Texas. And as I was preaching that night, I kept noticing this teenage girl on the front row. She had uh, short blonde hair. I can still see her in my mind's eye. Because all the way through that service, I just kept noticing her. It wasn't anything external. There was something in my spirit. I could tell that the Holy Spirit, he wanted me to say something to this girl. Um, And as I walked past her periodically when I'd preach, I don't know, every time I walked by her, these words would come up within me. It felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, tell her I need her. Tell her I need her to work for me. Kind of an odd phrase, right? But that's what kept bringing up inside of me. Tell her I need her to work for me. And, uh, you know, I I resisted because it just seemed like an odd thing. I thought, well, we get stuck in our ways, don't we? We get used to doing things the same way all the time. And the Holy Spirit doesn't do things the same way all the time. Sometimes he has an idea that we've never had before, and he just imparts that bloop right into our head. And he wants us to obey him. So anyway, as I got to the end of the service, we'd already, I mean, literally, we had done everything. We had uh, wrapped up the message. We had prayed for the people. We had some people come forward, and we prayed for them. And I remember uh, I was getting ready to tell folks what was on the book table. Now, remember, I was resisting the impulse to speak to this girl because I just thought it sounded crazy. So I got ready to tell everybody about the books and records. And there it came up inside of me again. Tell her I need her. And so finally I just stopped in the middle of what I was doing. And I turned to this girl and looked her straight in the eyes. And I said, honey, God wants to tell you something. He wants to tell you that he needs you. He needs you to work for him to help build his kingdom. And that's all I said. And, uh, you know, nobody, she wasn't weeping and or she wasn't raising up her hands and going hallelujah or Well, I just needed to hear that. It was kind of a 
not much of a response. But I felt like, well, I've, I've done what I'm supposed to do. I told her that. And then I went on and finished out the service. After the service, I was back at the book table and uh, just talking to people. You know, they'll come up and we'll talk and so forth. And this girl came up and uh, other people were out of the way at the moment. And she just came up and she looked at me and she said, I want to thank you for saying what you said tonight. She said, I really needed to hear that. And I said, well, you know, I just what I was getting in my heart. And then she began to, you know, elaborate. And she said, the thing is, she said, last night I, I was going to commit suicide. And I was just right on the verge. But she said, I felt like I felt like I should go to church tomorrow and go to the morning and evening service and see if God could give me a reason to live. And she said, he did. And I'm just so thankful today that the Lord told her that he needed her because he does. And thank God, thank God, she's alive today because of that. And God needs you, whoever you are today. I want to tell you that God needs you. T.L. Osborne, the great evangelist, used to put it this way. You are God's freedom. Do you know that God can't just tell anybody anything he wants to tell them? He needs a human vessel. He needs someone to bring the word of God to them. That's why we have the Great Commission. That's why Jesus told us all, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every person. He wanted the message to go out to every person, but he needs us to take that message. So you see, you're God's freedom. You give him the ability to reach out and touch the lives of others. Jesus Christ himself said, and we always think of Jesus as being the light of the world. But listen to this. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. He said that to us. He said, you are the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but they put it up on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. So let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That's Matthew 5, 4 through 16. Because the thing is, God needs us. He needs us to let our light shine into the lives of others. And really, we're getting our light from him, right? Because he's the true light that comes into the world and enlightens all men. But, but the light shines through us. Isn't that amazing? So you see, God needs you. And you say, well, why me? Aren't there other people? Yes, but God needs your individuality because there's no one quite like you. There's never been anyone like you, and only you can reach certain people. You know, this is kind of God's MO anyway. Everyone, everything that he creates is individual. We all know that all snowflakes are different. There are no duplicates. Every leaf on a tree is different than the other. All of our voices are different. You know, I was ministering once in uh, Harrison, Ohio, and I remember at the end, I gave an altar call for people to be born again. Whoever wanted to be saved, just, you know, please come up and stand in front and, you know, proclaim that you want to be born again. Because Jesus said, you know, if you confess him before uh, men, he will also confess you before our Heavenly Father. So I asked him to come forward, and these three girls came up, and they were triplets. I thought it was fantastic. 
Uh, I'd never seen triplets before, but there they were, three triplets who all wanted to become Christians. But here's the point. One couldn't do it for the other. Even though they appeared the same, and even though they were probably a lot alike in many ways genetically, each one was a separate individual, and each one had to come to Jesus on their own. And so those three were born again that night. But three people entered the kingdom of heaven, not a triad, not a single unit, but three individual people, even though they appeared the same. And that's the point. We're all different. We are all unique. And God has a unique plan for each of us. Ephesians 2.10, Paul said it this way. We are his workmanship. Don't you like that? We're his craftsmanship. God individually formed each one of us. Yes, we were born through a birth process that God set in motion in the Garden of Eden. But still, the Bible makes it very clear that we are woven together individually in our mother's womb. We are unique, and we are his own craftsmanship. So this verse says, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God not only made you an individual, he crafted an individual plan for your life to do things that no one else can do. So you see, it takes all kinds. And I mean, sometimes we think, oh, well, God can use me if I'm a preacher, or God can use me if I'm a singer. Hey, it takes more than just preachers and singers to build the kingdom of God. If you look through history and, and some of the great saints of the Bible, uh, we, I guess, I don't know, blithely tend to think of them as just all being the same. They were like these heavy prophet preacher types, but they really weren't. If you look at Abraham, Abraham is what today we would call a rancher. He raised livestock. Joseph was an administrator in all the ways that God used him from the time when he was in his father's house helping run the farm, basically, until he became prime minister of Egypt. His job was as an administrator. Those were his talents. That's how God used him. The prophet Daniel was what today we would consider a politician. Gideon, remember Gideon? He was a wheat farmer. Even King David was a musician, and it was his music that opened the door so wide for him. Plus, he was a good fighter, and his fighting opened the door for him too when he slew uh, Goliath. But the point was that David was a musician and he was a good athlete, and that is what brought him into the fullness of the calling that God had for him even to be a king. And last of all, Paul. You know the great Apostle Paul. We all talk about Paul. But even as Paul was going and building and founding churches, he retained his job, his day job, as a construction worker, a tent maker. So the point is that no matter what you do in life, and no matter what your talents are or your giftings are, God needs you, and he needs your uniqueness. You are important. You are important to God's plan. And you make a difference. Do you remember the movie? It's a Wonderful Life. You remember? It's a story of a guy named George Paley who gets depressed and decides that he wishes he had never been born. And so this angel, it's so funny, this angel comes to him, his angel named Clarence. What kind of name for an angel is that anyway, right? But the angel Clarence comes to him and grants him his wish. 
and he begins to see what the world around him would be like if he had never been born. And the town that he lives in and the people that he knows, their lives were so much the worse because he hadn't been there. Some of the tiniest little deeds of kindness or acts of generosity that he had performed made all the difference in the lives of not only the people he was closest to, it affected the whole character of the town he lived in. He made a difference. He didn't know he made a difference. And you make a difference. You're part of God's plan, and he wants to use you to reach out and touch and change the lives of those around you. He wants you to be a light shining upon a hill, like a bright city that shines out over the valleys. And it's not only the big things you do, but sometimes it's the very small things that you do that matter, that change lives. God needs you. God needs you to help others and to build his kingdom of love. Mm -hmm.